0: Thank you for listening to this Reading the Bible Together podcast, available thanks to your support. Welcome to Reading the Bible Together. I'm your host, Angela Smith.
1: In the beginning, in the garden, there was man and woman in God in conversation, prayer. And at the end of all things, when all has been made new, everything's been made right in the new heaven and new earth, there will be men and women and God in conversation. Prayer. And here in the middle, what the gospel does, what, what, the, what Jesus has opened a door for, is for us to be able to reconnect with that original design, being able to talk to the God who desires intimate friendship with each one of us. I think that's the big game changer. If, if we can begin to understand that prayer is, the, is a part of the existential design of the human being, then we have a greater access into this friendship with God this conversational friendship with God which leads to us being able to partner with his work in the world seeing prayers answered seeing lives changed
0: welcome to this conversation about the spiritual discipline of prayer and i'm very excited about the conversation today i you may have heard me talk before about the lectio 365 app and how much i use it and how much i enjoy it and Lectio 365 app is created and maintained, and the content is made by the people at 24-7 Prayer, which is a ministry that came out of the UK, and there's also a branch here in the U.S., and I thought, wouldn't it be great if we could talk to somebody whose whole ministry is about prayer, if we could talk to them about prayer, and they made time. I'm so grateful Today, I have joining me Lee McDermott. He serves as pastor at New Spring Church in South Carolina. He's done that for over 20 years. He also serves as the prayer director for 24-7 Prayer USA. He's written several albums of instrumental music for meditation and prayer. I'm going to ask you about that, that are available on all the streaming platforms. He's also published several volumes of poetry Including a book about blessings for everyday life, inspired by the scriptures, called "One Beautiful Moment." Lee lives in his beloved city of Greenville, South Carolina, with, with his wife Allie and children Gray and Lucy. Welcome, Lee.
1: So glad to be here, Angela.
0: Yeah, thanks for making some time. So you're a musical artist as well.
1: That was I. I, uh, I went to college to study music. When I was called into ministry, that was uh, the route that God had me on. And so my first day leading worship at the church that I continue to serve as a as a full-time staff member was the day after I graduated college. Wow. So I was a music major I started in as a as a worship pastor for our little college church here in South Carolina. And uh, we had about 70 ish people. This was this was in the May of 2000. later. We're quite a large church in South Carolina at 14 locations around the oh, wow. state. And music has been a deep love of mine. That's what I went to college for. And I've served as a worship leader for the first 16, 17 years before serving on our leadership team now. So it's, it's always been deep in my soul.
0: That's amazing, too. And I mean, that's what you're speaking to, too, is the long obedience in one direction with one church, which is very uncommon, I think, these days
1: right you so that phrase you you referencing uh, along obedience in the same direction by uh, Eugene Peterson one of my favorite favorite books that, that when there was one moment uh, 16 17 years into working at this same church in the same place that i you know deeply wanted to quit and then i read that book mm-hmm. along obedience in the same direction and Eugene Peterson rescued my ministry <laughs> career, and uh, so I, I count it as a real gift that God has given me the opportunity to stay rooted in one in one place, by and large. And the, the cool thing about the church here, uh, and about life with God, is that everything is new. Every there's always some brand new thing that's that's coming that's that's uh, happening. So I still feel like that college kid who's just graduated and and is uh, walking with God.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. So the study that we're doing is for Lent, and we're studying all these spiritual disciplines. So I'm wondering, what is your history with Lent, or do you have any history of observing Lent yourself? Right. I,
1: you know, I I, uh, I don't have a rich history with Lent personally, because my, I, you know, I grew up in a Baptist church in the South. We never really talked about Lent at all. That was just kind of that that thing that Catholics do, or that thing that you know people who are more high church liturgy Episcopalians, you know Anglicans would do. And uh, so I never really learned much about it. never knew what it was about. Honestly, until the last you know five, ten years, I have grown so much more curious about some of these uh, more ancient traditions that the church has held. And so in the last handful of years, just being drawn into the season of Lent as a season of identifying with Christ in the wilderness, um, giving up certain things, remembering the poor, um, fasting, praying, just anticipating the resurrection. I mean, these are all things that are inside of the Lent, Lenten season and uh, really just imagining what my life would be like if I was a seed and was buried. Mm. You know, if for a season and then what kind of life might flow up from that. So I don't have a strong history of observing Lent, but the what I have discovered about it in the last handful of years has truly really been life changing. I mean, I don't think I will ever view a Lenten season without some measure of reverence and mystery and mm. everything, Even you know, for a Baptist kid coming mm. yeah. from, from the South. <laughs> yeah. uh, it is it is really, really special to me now, which is beautiful.
0: Yeah, I grew up in the Lutheran church. And so, yeah, yeah, so we observed Lent and, and I actually didn't come to know Christ personally until I was 19 and then went back and, and I had, you know, I have a lot of the liturgy even still memorized, but didn't see, didn't understand that I could know God personally. And when I went somewhere else, came to know Christ, came back to that church and I was like, it was here the whole time, but God, for whatever reason, didn't choose to reveal himself to me there, but I love the, the rich history and even the, you know, the book of common prayer, the prayer that you read before we started, you know, having when you can't find the words yourself. I mean, not only does the Holy Spirit intercede for us, but being able to go to ancient prayers of people who who were vulnerable enough to write down what their, their prayers were and their words. We can take their words for our own and pray their, yeah. pray their words.
1: I think every stream. Wouldn't you agree that every stream of the of Christianity has its strengths and weaknesses? Obviously, mm-hmm. and the more we can kind of borrow, eat at each other's tables, I feel like that's such a that's such a gift. You know, when I, um, you know, in my, you know, sort of Southern Baptist tradition, I mean, we ne- we never would have prayed a prayer somebody else wrote. You know, what I mean, you want to mm-hmm. you want to like let it come up out of your own heart. I mean, if you're going to pray somebody else's prayer, just pray the Lord's prayer. Mm-hmm. But then discovering the Book of Common Prayer. I mean, I can imagine for you as a Lutheran. I mean, the, all the rich liturgy tradition. When you finally encounter personal relationship with Jesus, it's like all of this comes back rushing in, and, mm-hmm. and you know, I can I, I can only imagine what a treasure that was for you.
0: Yeah, well, and even still to this day, when I observe communion, when I take communion, there was there was a piece of the liturgy that takes you through a prayer, you know, of things that you've done and things you've left undone. I mean, oh, yeah. I, I wouldn't necessarily think of the things that I've left undone without Mm -hmm. that prayer. So let's talk a little bit about why prayer, why, why does prayer matter?
1: Yeah. You know, I think prayer, prayer matters, uh, both for what it, for what it does, uh, which is, I think where most people begin, they think I should pray because, you know, I need something done in my life. I need to, or somebody is sick. I need to pray for that. You know, prayer matters because things happen when we pray. You don't even necessarily have to be a Christian. You can just like be someone who is like desperate for God. You cry out to him and then heaven intervenes in some supernatural way. I mean, history is filled with that testimony. That prayer matters because of what happens when you pray. Mm-hmm. But I think it, it matters on an even deeper level for what prayer is. I remember this was actually a conversation I had with Pete Gregg, who was who was the founder of 24-7 Prayer as I was trying to help our church become a praying church, this big mega church, how do we become a praying church? And he said, if you can help your people understand that prayer is what the human was designed for, mm. then it will change everything. Don't just pray to see people saved, get people saved so they can pray. And as he was unpacking that, he helped me understand in the beginning in the garden, there was man and woman in God in conversation, prayer. And at the end of all things, when all has been made new, everything's been made right in the new heaven and new earth, there will be men and women and God in conversation, prayer. And here in the middle, what the gospel does, what, what, the, what Jesus has opened a door for, is for us to be able to reconnect with that original design, being able to talk to the God who desires intimate friendship with each one of us. I think that's the big game changer. If, if we can begin to understand that prayer is the is a part of the existential design of the human being, then we have a greater access into this friendship with God, this conversational friendship with God, which leads to us being able to partner with His work in the world, seeing prayers answered, seeing lives changed, you know, all the rest of that. So I, th- I mean, that's where pra- why prayer matters to me, primarily because it is a vehicle for friendship with God.
0: And I, I think that's such a good point. Especially, and then, and just calling it what it is, which is conversation with God, because I think a lot of people think, "Oh, I have to kneel, and I have to fold my hands, and I, I have to, I have to, or I should all of these things," right. instead of just talk to Him and and mm-hmm. come as you are, no matter how you're feeling. Some a, a block for me in my walk and my journey with prayer is when I was angry with God because then I I wasn't, I didn't know what to do with that because he's holy and big. And so, you know, I remember asking, we were going through my husband and I were going through infertility at the time. And Mm -hmm. I said to my friend who had also walked through it and I said, you know, I'm, I'm just so angry. I'm so frustrated. You know, what did you do when you were angry with God? And she said, I, I yelled at him and I I had another friend, another mentor tell me, you know, God's big enough that he can handle your anger. And That was such a game changer to me. Will you talk a little bit about the kind of break, us bringing all of our, all of what we're yeah. feeling and experiencing to god
1: it, the psalms are the are the best witness to it. Yeah. you have full gamut of human emotion expressed in the psalms. I mean, I'm thinking like Psalm thirteen says, "How long, O Lord, are you going to forget me forever? Mm. How long must I flood my bed with tears? How long are you going to let my enemy triumph over me?" I mean, just you get everything. You get the highest of highs and lowest of lows in the Psalms. So there's permission there, even from the Bible, to just bring your honest self. And I'm sure you, pro- you probably can relate to this, but I have found in my friendship with Jesus, I found him to be the least insecure person that I know. <laughs> yes. No, so he's not afraid of me being totally honest, yelling mm-hmm. in the car, crying, leaping for joy, all the ways that a human being can be. He, he accepts us in that friendship and in that conversation well i, I think he even
0: like more welcomes it not that he's glad that we're upset but glad that we're coming to him with that
1: yes absolutely i think that's the part about having a pure heart before god it's not necessarily mm-hmm. that you're perfect It's more so that you're honest yeah. blessed are the pure in heart for they will see god i think you get you get close enough to jesus to quote unquote see his face when we bring our honest selves mm-hmm. and uh you know what uh, I think that idea of being angry with God, being honest about your anger with God, is so important. You know that that idea of being your honest self, bringing your honest self in the midst of whatever circumstances you find, man, it's it's just that's a way that's a gateway to breakthrough.
0: What has your prayer journey been like? You know, because you said talked about growing up Southern Baptist, and now you're working with twenty four seven prayer, which came out of the Anglican Church, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Yeah. So my my personal journey with I mean I I met Christ when I was very very young when I was when I was a kid. My mom led me to Christ. And so I grew up in the church. My granddaddy was a pastor, but I, you know I, I was called into ministry when I was a college student, mm-hmm. and that was the first time when I really sensed the voice of God in the through the voice of my conscience on the in mm-hmm. on the inside. Yeah, and that's a whole
0: nother conversation. Discerning the voice of is. God. <laughs> yeah.
1: Totally. Mm-hmm. Totally. Uh, But that really sort of began this conversational relationship that I had with Jesus. I remember uh, my my pattern every morning was I would turn on my computer and then begin typing out my thoughts to God, sort of, you know, stream of consciousness in Mm -hmm. all caps. And then I would ask a question, pause, wait, and then whatever I began to hear in that same voice that had called me into ministry, I began to just write down whatever was coming. And I would test it against what I would read in the scriptures to make sure that I wasn't, you know, being deceived. And I just began to trust the voice of the Holy Spirit inside through that spiritual discipline of listening prayer. I mean, that's still my practice. I mean, every single day for, you know, more than a a couple of decades, just this simple listening conversation every morning. And as a worship leader, as a pastor, that ability to be able to hear God clearly through prayer in one place every morning led to my being able to talk with him continually throughout the day as I'm leading worship in between songs or ministering to someone in a counseling kind of scenario. So prayer has always been very, very much about this conversational intimacy with God. It's led to an, an understanding of the spiritual gift of prophecy, the, the, the ability to hear what God is saying for someone else's encouragement, edification, and consolation. This is that's First uh, Corinthians 14. And then um, really for intercession, which prophecy and intercession seem to be opposite sides of the same coin. Prophecy is a word from the Lord you give permission to say. Intercession is a word from the Lord that you have permission to pray. Mm-hmm. So you're partnering. with. If Jesus is continually interceding at the right hand of God on our behalf, what we're doing in prayer in intercession is simply listening to him, partnering with him what he's already praying for and praying that. So the, those bits of understanding have sort of cultivated this interior life of prayer for me. Uh, our church, now how how we got here, our church was a sort of died in the wool, spiritual child of Saddleback, Willow Creek, you know, in the seeker-sensitive, you know, highly evangelistic model, and we absolutely exploded. And uh, through the 2000s and the 2010s, we didn't really make much room for prayer because God was moving so much in the form of evangelism and, you know, all the rest of that stuff. And so, as we've sort of turned the corner of the last, you know, handful of years, God has made it abundantly clear that we must become a praying church. That the the era of the mega church, I, you know, it seems to be coming to a little bit more of a close. You know, we've we've got to make a shift with the generations, and we feel like that is in becoming a presence-driven, a prayer-driven organization. So, in my journey through trying to help our church become a praying church. Discovering things like Lectio 365, reading all of uh, Pete's books, God on Mute, Red Moon Rising, Dirty Glory, How to Pray, How to Hear God. These were all formative for me in actually helping our our church really take our first baby steps into uh, becoming a becoming a praying church. And uh, through all those things was how I got connected with 24-7 Prayer as well. But, you, I mean, you said uh, your connection with 24-7 Prayer was through the LetDo365 app. I mean, how has that been for you?
0: I love that I can have it read to me. Mm -hmm. And then um, I love all things British and Irish. So (laughs) the fact that most of the people on there are, you know, British or Irish um, or African, I I love all of the the different voices that are, I mean, because I feel like that's so representational of God's kingdom. And so yeah. to hear all of those voices and and to go through the different movements of Lectio. Um but I've loved Lectio 365 because I'm a doer and a mover and a goer. Yep. I'm not really good at being. Like I've always said if you can just tell me what I need to do to be, that would be great. <laughs> but Lectio 365 helps me do that because I'm I can sit in quiet and have it read to me and I it's not I'm not even active in in reading it. I'm just listening. And, you know, when you were talking about your own prayer journey, I think often when we first start praying or start getting serious about our prayer life, there's a shift from prayers from us to God, that that's usually how the prayer is. And you kind of turn a corner when you stop and you start listening and start trying to recognize his voice and be obedient to what he's asking you to do or what he's doing or what he's showing you. Yeah, so I've really appreciated that the way that lectio has helped for me continue to listen, and even though, like, I'm 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 kind of I made he made me the way that he made me, but that doesn't give me an excuse to not be in you know listening prayer with him, and like and doing lectio helps me do that to be able to do that.
1: It it, that practice slows you down, Mm -hmm. and in a world where the the pace of human life right now is breakneck. I mean, it is so fast. Mm -hmm. And something like Lectio really teaches you not just that ancient practice of Lectio Divina, which is praying the scriptures. uh, It really teaches you a form of meditation. Which is, which is really great. If you think about, you know, at, at the top of your physical being is your mind and then you have your heart and then you have your will and desire beneath that. What Lectio does is it puts that verse of scripture right there in the top of your brain and then lets it seep down slowly mm-hmm. until it begins to interact with your will and your desires. And that's a, that's a beautiful practice that helps us to slow to slow down. You know, it triggered a thought for me too. I don't know how much you've thought about contemplative prayer uh, which is, ba- or, or prayer where you are just simply being silent. You are sitting somewhere in quiet. That has been a practice that I have really appreciated in this breakneck sort of speed of life. I have two small kids um, and, you know, being in ministry, I mean, like, there's just little time to do anything. But even for five, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, being able to just sit quiet with maybe my palms up on my hands Um, what it does is it takes me out of the driver's seat. I feel like in most of my, in most of my spheres of life, I'm leading something. Mm. I'm initiating with my family. I'm initiating at church. I'm Mm. initiating at work. I'm always sort of like the driver contemplative prayer. When I just sit and in quiet, it takes me out of that driver's seat and puts the responsibility of leadership onto Jesus. Mm. And so then he meets me in prayer because I'm waiting for him to initiate. I'm waiting for him to be the boss. If he is actually real, then a moment of contemplative prayer proves it to me all again. And I dethrone any other God, specifically my own work ethic and my own words and my own striving. And uh, the offering of that just simple time with no direction for my thoughts other than just to say, come Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. That is, that is, um, it puts me in that place of alignment with God. The the practice of contemplative prayer is uh, just so wonderful. There's so many different ways that you can pray. I think too, like for your listeners here, the lie that I would love to, with all my heart, break off of them is that prayer looks like just one thing. Mm -hmm. That prayer, one of the, if you, if you were to go to a 24 seven prayer room somewhere or to set one up, it is an extremely creative space. So there's place to draw and to listen to music and to there's a world map on there and different exercises stations that you could do. It's a deeply creative thing, even taking time to walk around your city and just think about what God might want to do in your city and to dream with him. That's prayer. You know, the contemplative prayer, like we said, studying, praying the scriptures is is prayer following. I mean, there's so many different ways that you can enjoy that friendship with God. You know, to encourage all of your listeners when you think about praying through the season of Lent. Really just, I, I would want to encourage everybody, ask mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit what kind of prayer adventure you can get into today. Mm-hmm. And then whatever kind of crazy idea pops in your head in that moment, just be like Peter, step out of the boat and uh, see Walk if 20. that idea is is uh, solid enough to stand on. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I love it.
0: Yeah, I I think that well as you were talking about contemplative prayer, and this is how I found that the I know that it's the Holy Spirit in you know like kind of nudging me is that I feel a little sick, a little like unwilling, you know, like oh are you sure, Laura? Are you sure you want me to do that? Because control, like, you know, I'm a bit of a controller, and that so that <laughs> contemplative prayer is probably something that um, I'm going to need to step into. I don't I don't do it that often because, yeah. You give me a lot to think about. I'm thinking about how the Scripture comes down and how it interacts with our will. And yeah. and then being in contemplative prayer and surrendering, su- completely surrendering our will, com- some completely surrendering leadership, ownership to wherever God is leading. Yeah, I think that— yep. Yeah, I think that might be the one that is God is asking me to do. <laughs> yeah. Well, the,
1: the the cool part about it is, is the there are no experts in prayer. I think every yes. person who is is uh, um, regarded as an expert in prayer would tell you that there are no experts in prayer and that the way to learn how to pray is to pray.
0: Mm-hmm. That we're practicing, simply... practicing yeah. the spiritual discipline of prayer.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, we we always come to God as a child. And he receives us like children with open arms. So we don't have to dress up. We don't have to clean up. We just simply need to show up to him Mm -hmm. because he is with us. That typically looks like just simply turning our attention in his direction. That's a really beautiful, that's a really beautiful thing.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much, Lee, for taking the time to do this. I I have been encouraged and I I know that our listeners have been encouraged and to hear that prayer is accessible and Mm. prayer is something that it, that it's just a conversation with God, that there, there's nothing, no prerequisite, just like you said, just turn to him. Cause he's, he's already there with you.
1: I remember, uh, I'll give you this one little story from my college age history. I remember going to a friend's house and, and, uh, asking, asking her mom, I would, I would ask older people in the faith, this question, how do you know God's real? Mm. You know, and I was already a Christian by this point, but I just wanted to see what they would say. And so I asked this lady, her name was uh, Judy. I was like, Miss Judy, how do you know God is real? And she laughed at me as if I had asked her the dumbest question ever. <laughs> and she, she didn't even look up for what she was doing. She was cooking something. She's like, because he talks to me, how do I know you're real? You're talking to me right now, aren't you? And I thought that's really it. You know, the idea of God as friend who desires conversation with us. I mean, that's what Jesus opened the way. For it. when he died on the cross and rose from the grave, he opened up the he just kicked a door wide open for us to enjoy intimate friendship with God, what we were always made for. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's truly life. That's truly living.
0: That is. Well, we will leave it there. Thank you so much, Lee, for making time for this today.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much, Angela.
0: Thank you for joining me for this conversation about the spiritual practice of prayer. Make sure you check out the podcast because I have a bonus conversation about prayer with Rosie Browson coming out this week. You don't want to miss it. Check out the show notes if you want to get the free study guide, and I'll see you next week when we talk about the spiritual discipline of repentance. Thank you for listening to this conversation on Reading the Bible Together. These conversations are available because of your support. You can become a supporter now at MyFaithRadio.com. Please subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any episodes and share it with friends so together we can inspire more people to read the Bible together.